0: I think a lot of the the quick switch of POV really comes about through inexperience in the sense that the author hasn't had a lot of chance to learn how to bring those important thoughts, things that the readers need to know, how to bring them onto the page in any other way. This is taylor stevens the new york times best-selling and award-winning author of the kick-ass vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers and this is the taylor stevens show with my good friend steve campbell where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time
1: taylor we were going to be kicking podcasting in the butt one show at a time on friday and we had technical <laughs> difficulties so we yeah. are actually recording this this is the latest we've ever recorded the show it is 6 o'clock Eastern Time on Monday, June 5th, and we're releasing this tomorrow, June 6th.
0: Like at 5 o'clock in the morning or something? Well,
1: I try and do it at 317, but I might actually wind up just getting up early and doing the editing for the show. I'm not sure. So if, you, if, you, if you're used to getting the show early and you're wondering why it's not there, that's the reason. So yeah, Blame technical difficulties. Technical difficulties that required Steve to get more equipment, and I was so clever I bought just the exact right thing. Except I didn't know that I needed a doodad to go with it, <laughs> and so anyway, here we are on Monday evening, uh, recording the podcast, which I expect to be excellent. So there's a lot of pressure on you, Taylor,
0: uh, and on you, Steve. <laughs>
1: I watched a video that you did on your Patreon page, and, and you're doing some – I don't know how to describe it, but it's, it's almost some hack-the-craft type material where you're giving very specific tips on how to look for and solve problems. And I don't know whether you want to get into what those are, but essentially what I want to talk about is what I'm doing with that information is I, – I write in Scrivener, and I write – each chapter has – typically three scenes. And so now I have this process. After I go in with the second the second revision, or the first revision, I revise it to where I think it reads correctly, and then I do these hacks. That, and I've got three of them that I'm working off now, and I'm doing them with each scene, and it's just a little search. I'm searching for these specific words, and if I find them, I know it's going to be something that you're going to say, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm able to fix them. And it's just Orange so cool
0: Taylor terminology.
1: No, nope, 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 nope. That's exactly right. <laughs> Which cracks me up. So anyway, and yes, you do not want to get a lot of those. Nope, nobody, nope, nope, nope's on your, on your manuscript. And so anyway, I, I've been doing this and it's taking me like 75 seconds for each scene to go through and do these things unless I find some offending word and then i can fix it very quickly because i've been doing it as i'm working my way through the manuscript and i'm getting better and better at it now it would be great if these hacks were firmly embedded in my mind and when i was writing the first draft of the material i could catch it but i'm not there yet but i am now able to catch it not when i'm reading but by doing these quick searches which is really cool so i wanted to thank you for that material
0: you're very welcome and hopefully i will be able to get more of them done it's all part of that long-term process of building out this thing that i've been talking about for way too long and so i'm like i'll just bite it off chunk by chunk
1: yeah and it you know we have been talking about it a lot over the course of the last year or so and I don't, this was the first time I've actually put it in action because so many – a lot of writing for me is like playing golf where you, you stand over the ball – and I hate golf, by the way. I'm, I'm the world's <laughs> worst golfer. The, but the reason I don't play golf is you stand over the ball and 700 things are going through your mind of what not to do three things of what to do, and 697 things of what not to do. And sometimes writing is like that for me. So to just be able to take these things and set them aside and say, I'm going to get this when I go through the revision stage is sort of liberating. And um, it's, it's speeding things up for me. So I'm, I'm really happy about it.
0: Yeah, and that's the whole point about the Hack the Craft stuff is it shaves years off trial and error because it's formulas. Do this, then this and it will totally improve the quality of your writing.
1: And if you're out there listening and you're going, what the heck are they talking about? How do, how, you know What is this Hack the Craft? Taylor actually set up a Hack the Craft website where you could get on an email list to be notified when the Hack the Craft material was ready. But... And I've
0: never done anything with it since.
1: Yeah, but now <laughs> what she's doing is putting together material and posting it in the Patreon group. So I if... should
0: probably email everybody on the Hack the Craft mailing list to just let them know that I'm doing that. I, that's like okay, that's going on my to-do list. Yeah, you but totally yeah, there should. is there is um it's it's random and it's not in any specific order, but on my Patreon page which is patreon.com/taylorstevens slash taylorstevens um, Um, I'm starting to record videos and show examples of what it is. And it's slow. Um, It takes time for me to do it. And I'm not able to always do it at the rate that I want to, because I still have to write and I still have to deal with the writing life and I still have to deal with normal life. But I'm working on it now, which is progress.
1: All right. Now, today's show, we're going to be talking about point of view. Okay. And so... I have some specific questions about this, and I, I just find it interesting. I, I sent a short story to a group of people a week or so ago, and some of the feedback that I got, most of the feedback was positive. All the feedback was positive because people are, in general, positive about things. But I had questions like, why did you write it in first person? Uh, are, you, are you going to write future longer longer length novels with this character and are you going to write that in third person and I thought it would be interesting to just sort of talk about first person third person and even third person omniscient which is something so mysterious that I don't completely understand but neither <laughs> uh, the, the Reggie character that I'm writing Reggie Carpenter is it's a mystery series and most mystery series not all but most are written in first person so i'm trying i am writing this in first person it is a convention of the genre uh thrillers are different you you write thrillers and Mm -hmm. they're typically third person right
0: um yeah i believe so and a few things that i've not published um little things that i'm Doodling with or um, that longer story that I got quite a ways into, and then set aside um, retribution, those were first person. It was my first um my first foray into that, but they haven't been published.
1: Is it easier for you to create tension with when you write in third person because you're able to just bounce back and forth between characters and show the reader what's going on that that is causing the tension to rise well
0: if i was doing a book that had more than one character i would write it third person i would not attempt to write no what do you mean if it had more
1: than one character
0: more than one point of view character okay all right so like in your in your story reggie's the only person whose head we're ever in and so first person can work like that. And in the retribution story that I started on, there's only one character whose head we're ever in. And it's basically that when you're doing first person, it's sort of like that character is telling the story to the audience. Whereas in third person, it's it's not them telling the story. It's more it almost feels a little bit like it's being narrated. But in essence, in so many ways, the words are the same. It's just swapping of pronouns more or less you know of Mm -hmm. course there's tweaking that needs to be done so the only time I would ever attempt to do first person even in a thriller and it can be done in a thriller is if there's only one point of view character and that's to your that's to your question of you know when you're swapping out between characters is there a difference in writing first person and third person I was like I wouldn't do it
1: now I have seen over the course of the last few years, it's probably it was probably happening before that, but I've seen some very high-profile authors, including James Patterson, write combining first person and third person. And you're saying you wouldn't do that. I find as a reader, when I first go from first person to third person, it feels a little bit weird, but I kind of like it. There there's some there's some benefits to reading a story in that way? Because it, it's, it almost sort of combines the two different types of, of storytelling. So why do you feel so strongly that if you were writing a story with, with more than one point of view, that you would only write it in third person?
0: Well, it's, it has to do with grit, which we've talked about before, mm-hmm. of, of making the reader pause and stop and think. And anything that sort of interrupts that flow will do that. But I have to back up and say that the stories that i write i don't feel like it would work okay. but if i was for example writing a sort of multi-layered story sometimes you get these stories within stories then that would be different because when you change that voice and you change the style it, it's a clear indication to the reader that something has changed and you're now in the story within the story or you're so you can you can use that as a tool to sort of separate times in history or to separate the emotional impact of one character versus you're, you're setting it aside the main character who's speaking in first person versus everybody else that's going on around him and so it can be it can be done absolutely I think it would just really depend on what's being written and I haven't come across a book that I felt a story that I felt of mine it would work for
1: Okay. Now, we're going to have people listening to this. We have, we have people that listen that are at various stages on their, on their writing journeys. And I, I see some material from some very beginning writers where it's not clear where the point of views shift in, in third-person material. Are there specific things that you should do to sort of notify the reader that you're changing point of view? Like, for example, a new chapter, which is which was one way of breaking it, or a, a really super obvious scene break where, with the I mean, three dots what, or something.
0: Yeah, that's what we've talked about in the past. Um, I've seen authors do none of that mm-hmm. and successfully transition from one point of view into another mid-paragraph, and I don't know how they do it. It's It's like voodoo. It's like— what the heck just happened and how did you pull that off? And it could be that they're writing very stream of consciously and it, it just, the way that they do it is effective. Um, it's, it's still a little bit jarring to me, but. Well, the fact that you
1: noticed it means it must've been really jarring.
0: Yeah, (laughs) but they pulled it off successfully. I just, I, I I can't do it. I don't want to try. And I think, especially since we do have a lot of um, beginning authors on this show, uh, listening to this show, those are, if those are tricks and things that even I wouldn't do after however many books I've done, I wouldn't recommend somebody starting off, try and pull that off. I mean, save that for when you're bored and you've done it all. And now you're just trying to mix it up in order to challenge (laughs) yourself or something, because your main goal is to make a pleasant reading experience for your readers, for your audience. And why do anything that's going to interrupt that, you know, like, even keep it strip it down to its bare bones and and keep it as simple as possible, and I think one of the reasons why a lot of um, authors do this character jump mid paragraph. I'm not talking about the book that I had read. I'm talking about those who are just starting off, is because they have more than one character in the situation, and there are things that only the other character knows, and they can't figure out how to relay that information through that other character so they just make the jump and get that information on the page and doing a a mid paragraph character switch is one thing but switching back again Hmm. now you're going to create whiplash so if you're going to go ahead and make that break and jump mid paragraph stick with it for a while and don't just like you're in sophie's head and all of a sudden you're Telling us how Dan feels about something, and then we're back to how Sophie feels about it. You just can't do that because Sophie can't read Dan's mind and why is he interrupting her paragraph
1: and it is frustrating when you're when you're when you're writing sometimes these things just come out like you see someone and you your character knows what they're thinking because we need your character to know what they're thinking but
0: but one thing you can do. Instead of, instead of jumping characters in the middle of the paragraph is have, find a way for that other character to say what they're thinking, what, what would have been just a, a jumping from head to head. Um, find a way for them to say it. And if it's out of text or, I mean, out of context or out of place, then you have your own character, the character whose head you're in right now, explain it in inner dialogue of why you're, you're basically, again, informing the reader why it makes sense for that person to have said such a bizarre, out-of-the-way, out-of-place thing. And, you know, of course, it might be very difficult in, say, like a romance where Dan is now having feelings for Sophie and he's not just going to blurt those words out, but you can find ways to show it through blushing or stammering or uncomfortable body language that is being observed by, say, Sophie in this in this instance, and so I think a lot of the the quick switch of POV really comes about through inexperience in the sense that the author hasn't had a lot of chance to learn how to bring those important thoughts, things that the readers need to know, how to bring them onto the page in any other way.
1: Hmm. Now, you mentioned that this story that you've you've written or are in the process of writing was the first thing you'd written in first person. Did you find that easier than writing in third person?
0: I did, actually. Um, but, but it could have also been because mostly I write the Vanessa Michael Monroe stories and they are just unbelievably difficult books to write. Uh, I I can't, (laughs) I know I've said it before and all I can say is it just, there's, unless you've done it, there's no way to explain it and there's no way to have done it. So you'll just have to believe me on this. Um, so being able to write something else, um, which is more or less, you know, the, this person telling their story, it was so much easier. The words just flew. I didn't have to struggle as much for making them as clean and as tight because it's just the person talking and telling what happened to them. And, of course, the movie that's being made in the reader's mind is just as vivid as if it was being done as a third-person she, but it's just so much more casual, and definitely easier
1: Hmm. from a plotting standpoint was it also easier or is it there's no way to compare because the the vanessa michael monroe books are just so complicated and this story is a less complicated story
0: yeah i i don't know how i i don't think if it was a super i've thought about possibly doing a monroe story in um first person. And I, I could have. I, I believe the catch was done entirely through Monroe's point of view. So that's a story that I could have done in Monroe's um, voice. But she's so dark and brooding that I think it might almost be terrifying to hear that violence spoken first person. So I think that also plays into the decision of, of which um, tense to, to, I don't know, person tense, whatever, to do it is the tone of the book. And like the the story that you're writing, Reggie, it's very light. It's fun. And so um, it really, really works. And it probably works better in first person, I think, than if it was done third, maybe. But these questions that people are asking you, they make me curious because I do know readers who really dislike books that are done first person. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Uh, I haven't gotten answers to that. And I'm wondering if the readers who asked you those questions are of that same mind.
1: It's possible, or it could just be that they're curious. And I, I think a lot of what they read is is written in, in third person. And there is, you know, one of the many benefits of writing in third person is that you can add characters, which is like Giving a piece of candy, you know, a, a new well-defined character where you can get inside their head can can really add a lift to a story, and that's something that you can't do if you're just writing in first person. So you've got to you've got to deliver those lifts in other ways. James
0: Patterson technique yes. that you were just talking about, but um, to to keep in mind is that the more point of view characters you add to the story. The more the story has a potential of spinning out of control,
1: yes i heard I heard a narrator today talking about a series she's narrated. She's seven books in, and her character list is two hundred and fifty.:
0: Oh my god i i I feel sorrier for the author than I do for the narrator
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, though, and you've got all those There's different voices and things.
0: Probably wants to pull a Stephen King and set off a bomb and
1: kill everybody <laughs> <laughs> narrow it down all right well let's let's wrap it up with with third person omniscient, which I know you 've never written anything in, and you may not even understand what you would need to do to do I that. Do you have any comments that. on writing I, in third person omniscient?
0: What does it even sound like? What is that?
1: I think third-person omniscient is is where you've, you're writing in third person, but there is this omniscient narrator that can that can tell the reader what's going on with other people. So it's almost like the head-switching thing. That oh, so it's the
0: old-timey style where it's kind of gone out of fashion, but maybe it's back in fashion now.
1: I don't know. I, I don't I don't read much of it, um, although sometimes I think I'm reading it, but it's just mistakes.
0: The closest I think I ever might have read to that was Neil Gaiman's, is that how you pronounce his name? I think so. Um, His book, Stardust, I think that's what it was about. They made a movie out of it with the star that comes all fantasy. And um, it was, uh, I think in many places it was told, um, I think he writes in that style, some of his simpler, um, more children friendly stories done in that style of maybe possibly what you're describing, third-person omniscient.
1: Okay, so this is not an episode (laughs) where you can get the exact definition of third-person omniscient because we are just spitballing on what it might be.
0: I I have no idea. If our our listeners want to call in and give us some examples um, of, of books that they've read and read us a paragraph on the hotline, then we'll have something that we can answer that question with the uh, next show or future show.
1: Yep, that would be cool. Taylor, what is our listener question slash call to action for this episode?
0: Well, if, it, if I had my druthers...
1: And you do, since it's the Taylor <laughs> Stevens show.
0: <laughs> well, I would just invite... I know we've had a lot of new listeners come to the show over the past few weeks, and I would invite anyone who's felt that they've gotten something from this, if you're author and you've found these shows if you've been binge listening you found these shows to be helpful i would invite you to take a gander over to patreon and see about being interested in in donating to keep this show running um we do this we don't do any um ads or promotions or anything this is pure love of words pure wanting to give back and when I say we I I know that Steve and I both do it for that reason but the Patreon account is mine. Steve is always very emphatic in clarifying that because he wants to make sure people know that the the Patreon contributions come to me directly. It, it would be very appreciated. Sometimes when you're when you're doing this week after week and you're doing it for the love of it, sometimes love just isn't always enough and it's sometimes really great when somebody is willing to say thank you in in a physical way and it helps to keep the bills paid to keep the show going so please
1: all right so that is our call to action and again that address is patreon.com slash taylor stevens s-t-e-v-e-n-s so and if you have some third person omniscient material you can call the hotline you can email it to us probably wouldn't work to tweet it at us but uh, you could leave a comment on the on the website which is taylorstevensshow.com this episode is intentionally short since steve has to edit it either tonight or <laughs> early tomorrow morning wish me luck if you if you're hearing this at your regular time tomorrow it all worked thank you guys so much for listening
0: so glad to have you with us